0: from glitch HQ on riverside avenue in
1: extra extra
0: minneapolis this is nice games club the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development
1: i'm martha mcgarry and i make nice games i'm Stephen mcgregor and i make nice games and i'm martha croy i too make nice games in this episode
0: your nice hosts bring you a nice games bulletin we discuss the latest news from the broader world of video games at least as latest as we are able and so if everyone's ready let's start (laughs)
2: i'm glad you remembered to do that
0: (laughs) it's important
1: welcome to the news
0: Mm -hmm. uh should we just get into it let's do it let's
2: start with the new releases
0: yeah uh so
2: i guess as of yesterday of this recording but you it has been out a while for you super mario maker 2 came out uh, my brother played it last night he seemed to have a really good time with it mm-hmm. he kept uh, being amazed at all the new things they added to this game yeah. <laughs> compared to the first one
0: so uh, uh, look forward to that or you already have played it so you know yeah. it is it's it is. so yeah it came out from where we're sitting yesterday right yeah and um, I mean I've already played all of it oh wow <laughs>
1: what? So, <laughs> okay what
0: <laughs> so there's a there's a campaign mode a story mode yeah with 100 or 120 new levels yeah um, and uh, I just I just tore through all of it. Wow, okay. because I wanted to do it like I wanted to do all of that so that I then I can do the creation stuff afterwards. Oh, sure. Because um, with I remember the first Mario Maker, I kind of didn't know where to start. Yeah. And so I kind of just sampled bits of it and it was kind of it took me a while to like get into it mm-hmm. because I didn't really know what to do when I picked it up. I was like, should I play other people's courses? Should I do the um, it had a limited sort of single player mode yeah and or should I just start making? And it was I wasn't really it wasn't didn't guide me so much and okay. so this time like I'm just gonna pick one chunk of it do all of that be done with it forever yeah, yeah. and then do the other thing and so uh, that's what I did yesterday ah
3: okay <laughs> and so I nice. played off
0: all, all that and it was fun but I actually I had some trouble like a lot of the level design. Mm-hmm. These are all is a hundred plus uh, Nintendo design levels. A oh, lot of them are super clever and interesting. Yeah, a lot of them introduce to these new con- these new concepts that are in this game. The new uh, power ups and stuff that are unique to this one. They're right. from past Mario games. Right. Yeah. Uh, really fun, but a lot of times the levels are kind of um, they're, they're janky in places. Oh, uh. and I was really disappointed. In fact, and I was like, I have to, It's definitely not as polished as an experience as a normal Mario game. Sure. But that's sort of by design, right? right yeah. e- the levels are smaller. There's less. Um, less time just to sort of bounce around. It's more like each level is a very focused version of its own idea. Mm -hmm. But there are a couple places where you walk forward and are just killed instantly by a a falling spiny or something. Um, Or like a a jump that is obviously not, could have used a couple more iterations. Um, And I feel like that's something that you see a lot in Mario Maker levels Mm -hmm. or as we as game designers in our own work. And um, when we play test, we're like, oh, right, I didn't, and so I was actually kind of disappointed by, a, which was sort of a weird feeling to have yeah. playing this game I've been anticipating all year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of I don't know.
2: Is it okay? Well, I guess I haven't played through the campaign, so I, I don't know. But mm-hmm. like maybe they were trying to give players an impression of like simple levels that mm-hmm. like previous games that are like this, like uh, what's the game Little like? Big Planet? Yes, like Little Big Planet. Uh, previous games like that, I felt like their like story mode and stuff was just introductions into what you could do with the game. Yeah. So they never felt like, they never really felt like fully fleshed, solid ideas. They all just felt like the inaugurations of a bunch of different things that you could do with mm-hmm. it. Um, and I imagine that's kind of how I imagined the the campaign mode in Super Mario Maker to feel like.
0: It's actually, it's funny you describe it in that way because mm-hmm. Little Big Planet, which I've I've played all those games. Yeah. Um, that their campaign mode is really focused on a new mechanic that you pl- that it really drills into you for a couple of levels. Yeah. And then it moves on to the next sort of element and it actually it um it takes its time um uh, making sure you got it okay. before moving on. Mm-hmm. Um Mario Maker 2 does not do that at all. Oh. Every ep- every um every level is completely different from the previous one. Ah, okay. And not in term not in terms of content but in terms of difficulty. Oh. You'll have a really easy one followed by just an incredibly hard one. And kind of, it's, there's not really a problem with that exactly, especially if you've played a lot of Mario games. Like, it's an easy one is just as enjoyable as a difficult one. Sure. But and because every one is so different from the last, you don't get that sense of like of rising action or, or, or progress. Yeah, and that's okay mm-hmm. because the levels are um, basically content for the, the the overworld area where you're rebuilding Princess uh, Peach's castle. Yeah, and so every um, level you get you the coins you collect are you used to sort of buy you know build up the castle oh. and that's a really good mechanic cuz finally you care about coins right, yeah. in a Mario game uh-huh. it's actually it was really interesting because I'm playing through a level I want to get every coin mm-hmm. um which is not a feeling I ever have in a Mario game <laughs> like ever <laughs> yeah. and so it's I, I, I you know it was a dozen or two dozen in and I, I level's in and I was thinking like oh I'm really playing this differently why I'm like oh right because it actually Matters mm-hmm. <laughs> in, a, in a strange way. Uh-huh. Um, so that I did find sort of interesting, but unlike Little Big Planet, when it introduces a, a new concept, it introduces it right away, and yeah. then you never see it again. Yeah, um, which is sort of even more uh, than you than a lot of times a Mario uh, idea will be sort yeah, of yeah. That you sounds like away. Mario to me. <laughs> but there, like there's an example is um there's a, a a thing called the Koopa Car, which is like a uh-huh. little a little vehicle. That a, a Koopa Troopa drives, and you you knock them out, and then you have a car, yeah. <laughs> and it's pretty cool. You can make fun uh, like Auto Mario games are going to be great for 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 this. Yeah, it is in one of these levels. Oh, in oh. in the hundred plus that, that ship with it, which oh. is really kind of crazy because it's in a lot of the trailers. Yeah, huh. you know that's something. Um, but of course, you know you can make many more levels with this item, so yeah. it's not like it's you know actually limited. Yeah, but it's,
2: um, it's weird that they introduced it, but that didn't really explore it very far for players to maybe. Get inspired from.
0: Yeah, and and maybe they didn't have to because yeah. uh, it, the Mario Maker community is like was was ready with all of its existing ideas and all the new ones it was coming up with. So it's not necessary exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, maybe that's the whole thing. Like the reason they did maybe didn't spend as much time polishing mm-hmm. all these is like, well, like some people are going to play this, but a lot of people are just going to go jump it right into making a bunch of crazier stuff than yeah. we can come up with. So yeah, and maybe it's like a like a sampler of like, okay, here's a bunch of levels. Some of them we will encounter will be very janky. So, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's probably true. Um, Maybe, and maybe I'm being very, very picky well, about it.
1: you're like expecting that Nintendo seal of quality on all of them. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, but also, I, you know, as uh, like, you know, doing level design, like I'm very attuned to like this idea of, um, you know, the thing that's half a screen ahead of you, like yeah. what information does it tell you? Yeah. And like, uh this break where i don't i no need to panic anymore is that because i've been holding down the button too long and i need a physical break for my hands or it's is it because i need a moment to see what's coming up ahead of me like all of those things and i felt like there were a lot of levels where there wasn't as much of that that thought put into it and sure. I, but maybe i am being too picky I don't know, but it was super fun. Like I yeah. feel recommend it to everybody. Yeah, cool. Um, and I'm really looking forward to playing a lot of the the levels other people have made, and I'm looking forward to fantasizing about having time <laughs> to make my own levels and then not doing that. Yes. So we'll see. Yes,
2: my favorite thing to do in Super Mario Maker was to make like boss fights.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, there's gonna that's the the new tools that are available in this game, uh, including clear, clear conditions. Yeah. Um, is gonna make boss fight designing boss fights in this game a lot more enjoyable and yeah. more varied and more interesting you're going to see idea. a ton of these things it's going to be really really cool yeah. I do love the sort of single, uh, the sort of slow paced puzzle levels mm-hmm. and a lot of those were very good in, in the the campaign uh, partly because it didn't rely on like a lot of that sort of precision platformy design stuff right. it could be janky and still work 100% yeah. um, but I'm really looking forward to see what other people come up with like the wacky ways they make you figure stuff out with yeah. even more of the tools that it gives you yeah cool
2: um another game that is coming out soon. Oh, it's out now. Bloodstained: Ritual of the Night, mm-hmm. which is that Kickstarter game that is supposed to be like Castlevania. Mm-hmm. I played it at E3. Um and I I thought it was okay, but I don't think I'm a huge Castlevania fan, so maybe that's why it probably
0: wasn't for me. Uh-huh. I, I've
2: heard that like if you're really into Castlevania games, you'll really like this game.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah, it's when you say it's Castlevania like, oh right, it, the title is basically exactly <laughs> <Yeah>. the same. <laughs> it looks like a parody title, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, yeah, if you're if you like those kinds of games, go for mm. it. I've heard that if you're into Metroidvanias, it might throw you off a little bit because oh. a lot of the the Metroidvanias that that have been indie hits recently, yeah. all all sort of uh, come from a same sort of they have a lot of conventions. Oh, whereas true. this game is very specifically Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Right. So if you're you know if you're not a super fan of that particular series, it might take you a little while to get into it. That's what I've heard. Yeah, that's cool. Vampires.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Another game that is out now, uh, Samurai Showdown, which is a uh, throwback from an old fighting game. Mm -hmm. I haven't, I never played any of the old uh, Samurai Showdowns, but like it looks cool. Uh, I'm always interested in like revisiting older uh, uh, games, older fighting games, and trying them out. I haven't gotten a chance to try this one out yet, but like, I'm looking forward to doing that sometime mm-hmm. soon. Uh, the next one is Crash Team Racing. Uh, it's, it's a kart racer, like Mario Kart, but with Crash characters instead. yeah is,
0: is this a re-release or a remaster of a 90s late 90s I believe game it
2: is yeah just a remaster of the okay. game. but i mean a lot of people have a lot of fondness for this game because yeah. it's a kart racer that's not mario so everybody's like it's better than mario kart <laughs> which like to me they're like kind of all the same
0: but right. <laughs> <laughs> address your letters too yeah <laughs> there's this it's just another one in this string of like nostalgia for the late 90s mm-hmm. um which back
1: is, in the 90s
0: <laughs> that, that's when i stopped playing video games uh. as a child before i picked it up again almost a decade later as an adult so mm-hmm. it's just it, like the next couple of years are gonna be weird for me like all these franchises people go crazy for that i'm like i guess yeah. like i'm gonna feel very old <laughs> starts now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it happens you yeah.
2: know uh Cadence of so Hyrule came out. Uh, yes, came yes, out yes, during yes. E3. Mm-hmm. So uh, y'all have already been playing it. But like you know, if you haven't and you really like these games, play this one. Mm-hmm.
1: I kind of love the story of this game yeah. because they basically were like, "Hey Nintendo, we want to make a DLC for um, Crypt of the Necrodancer Dancer that has Zelda in it. Can we do that?" And they're like, "No, you can make a full game with yeah. that." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they're like, like, "Oh man, more work." Yeah. yeah. I'm just
0: <laughs> you know, a, a Nintendo has a reputation for being really, like, um, uh, close-guarded with their licensing. Mm-hmm. But the it's that's not actually true. They're just very picky about what they say yes to. Right. But anybody can talk to them. Like, they've, you know, they'll take a meeting. It's just, they will say no most of the time. Yeah. So that's, it is an interesting story. And it's kind of, a lot of people sort of thought, it's unbelievable that it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, um, I think so, too. Mm-hmm. And,
2: like, it's a unique kind of uh, mechanic that, like, Makes sense on a Nintendo console and a Nintendo IP,
0: right? So. And it, yeah, it's it's the the and the um the the property is very Nintendo esque, which is high adventure, lots of enemies, but not actually a violent game. Yeah. yeah, you know the sort of like that weird middle ground that Nintendo really cartoon loves. violence. a yep. sort of adventure genre. You yeah, know? yeah, um, which is like safe for children, but it has lots of sword slashing. Yeah, you know. Ha! Yeah. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys yeah. play Crypt of the ne- Necrodancer? Yes. I played it a little bit.
1: I really like it. Yeah. I like that you can put your own music in that game. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I know that. Which is really fun. Well, you have it's you have to experiment because it's kind of hit or miss. If yeah. you pick a song and you're like, this is going to be really good. And you're like, oh, wait. No, <laughs> it's super not. Or yeah. like if you pick one that's too short and then you lo- lose the level because or you, you get dropped down to the next level yeah. prematurely before you got all the gold or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, that's pretty fun. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. I couldn't get into it. I, I found it boring, mm. it's weirdly, because it, it is a rhythm game. Yeah. And so, it, but I'm I'm a con- I'm staring at the screen and, like, what I want to do, and my mind gets way ahead of me. Yeah. Like, I want to do this, 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 and this, but but I have to press these 50 button inputs first. Right. And yeah. you have to do it in, you have to do it delayed. Which right? is, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. Like, the mechanic is interesting, but, like, I didn't have the patience for it. Uh I have thoughts.
2: Oh, yeah? (laughs) I mean, I have thoughts. Uh, Dare we hear them? uh, Well, okay, so I've been working on a game at work. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a prototype. And you know what? I I think it's, Probably fine to talk about. It. I don't. It's not. It's not. It's not guaranteed that like we're going to work on it. You so. can cage it in cloudy yeah. metaphors. So I'm making a. <laughs> so I'm making a uh, a combination of fighting rhythm game. I've been yeah. working on a prototype for that. And so like it, it takes a lot of inspiration from Crypt of the Necrodancer, mm-hmm. where like you have to do inputs on the beat, and if you do the inputs on the beat, you get rewarded. Yeah. Uh, so I found myself like thinking about it. It's it's almost like a real time turn based game instead of uh, instead of like a fighter, but like mm-hmm. you have to like. Be considerate about where you're positioning yourself and uh, what your opponent is doing. But because everybody's inputs happen at the same time, you can't like button your opponent. You yeah. have to outthink them. Mm-hmm. So it's more strategic. I, I'm intending for it to be more strategic than other fighting games. Mm-hmm. We'll see if that actually pans out. <laughs> but uh, that's what I'm working on. Oh, I'd love to play test that sometime. Yes. That yes. sounds
0: up my alley for a fighting game.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'll have you check it out sometime. You mm-hmm. too, Martha. I'll play it. Yeah. Cool.
0: Uh, Last thing on our list, there are plenty of other games. Wait, if Martha plays it, then she'll
2: beat me, probably. I
1: mean, we are both be playing against Steven, so it's kind of not even...
2: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Also fair. (laughs) Um, The last game on our list, uh, there's a lot of releases out there, but we're just going to talk about the ones we want to talk about. (laughs) Uh, Our uh, Harry Potter Wizards Unite, Mm -hmm. that just came out. It's like Pokemon Go, but with Harry Potter, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's not doing nearly as well as Pokemon did. As soon as Pokemon Go came out, everybody was like, well, I'm just going to not do work and walk outside finding pokemon right it was in like two weeks yeah um but yeah with harry potter it came out and like it felt like to little fanfare um which i mean i don't know it's it's kind of different because like with pokemon it's already an established video game franchise and everybody wants in the way that like that world works it makes sense that people would want to go out and find pokemon Mm -hmm. whereas with harry potter i mean i guess you don't really want to go out and find magic i don't know right
1: yeah like the metaphor doesn't work as well
0: yeah I, I'm. I don't know, but I mean, I guess I don't know how the thing works. But isn't the whole point of Harry Potter that magic is all around us, but we can't see it? Yeah, isn't that perfect for a game like this? You,
2: you'd think, but it's not. I, I think that the way that they tooled it, it's is not exactly like it is how you were talking about. Like mm-hmm. you're not actively looking out, mag- looking for magic. You're actively looking out for like, I guess, past Harry Potter characters or something. I don't fully okay. understand how <laughs> it works. Yeah, but I think like you need to find these creatures that are like storing like. Harry Potter characters from different time worlds or Uh something, and then then you uh, then you capture them. Yeah, right, I'm trying. (laughs) Then you capture them and then you uh, release Snape or whatever, and then they're like, "Thank you, I guess," and putting me back in my timeline or something. Okay. Uh
1: Oh, so So it's like a Voyager plot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was gonna say it's like the video game equivalent of like pulling a a bunch of earbuds out of your pocket and then untangling them. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. If like, I'm probably not doing it justice, but mm-hmm. like that was the impression. I, I have got. heard that the game mechanics are more interesting and more varied than Pokemon Go. Ah, okay, but that wasn't why people liked that game at launch. Yeah, yeah, for real. Because there was barely any. Yeah. I think there's like, two but, reasons why maybe this hasn't made the as big a splash. One is it's been done before. Yeah, and so it's not as novel. Yeah, uh, which isn't to say Ingress didn't exist, but you know, no one knew about it. Right. Right. Um, uh, Niantic made this game too, so yeah. it's like it's not even a copy. Like it's just one firm that makes these games. Uh-huh. Um, I think the other reason is that Pokemon it had um, millions of fans, mm-hmm. but it was still kind of niche. And so oh. it, when you heard about this new game, Pokemon Go, if you were a Pokemon fan, you're like, "Oh man, this is amazing! Something for me." Yeah. And if you've never heard of Pokemon or you've never not been into it, but you know a lot of people around you have, because it wasn't like it was you know uh, a cult hit or anything, mm-hmm. you'd be like, "Oh, what's this all about?" Harry Potter has like a theme park and a million movies, yeah. and it's like it's the biggest thing. Yeah, non
1: nerds so, are into it.
0: Well, it's just a new Harry Potter thing comes out, and and even if you like Harry Potter, you're like, I'll get to that. Like, yeah. it, there's no urgency, there's no curiosity. Huh. I think that really is a, a big difference, you know. Yeah, that's um, a, that's a fair point. I, I can imagine the same thing happening with like a Star Wars game like this, where you go out and and you know fight secret stormtroopers or whatever they, however they map this Google Maps thing to it. Yeah. Um, I imagine. Uh, someone in a boardroom thinking like oh it's the most popular thing of course people will love it as much as Pokemon I don't think that would do as well either mm-hmm. you know uh,
1: yeah I, I agree with that yeah interesting
0: but yeah I guess that's not something I had considered like
2: how i because I am so divorced from Harry Potter I don't pay attention to it really at yeah. all that I didn't think of it as, as popular as it is but like you can consume it in so many different ways already you don't really need to consume it on your phone again yeah. in this way mm-hmm. so people aren't, aren't doing it that makes sense yeah, uh, those are the releases we decided to talk about. <laughs> uh, uh, let's get into the news. Uh, summer Games and Quick is happening right now as we record this. Is it? So it is
0: um, It is, Saturday, it is Saturday, yes. It's a Saturday. I thought it, it's been going on for a couple of days. How long does Summer Games Quick
2: go? It, it, it goes I think on it, for
1: a week. Yeah, I think it ends tonight.
0: I thought it ended tomorrow, but maybe
1: oh, okay. not. Okay.
2: It, I mean, yeah. li-
0: listeners, this has ended for you already, but yeah. I, I actually... I've been watching it more mm-hmm. than in past years. Okay. And I, I, I'm like, oh, it must be over by now. Because, like, they couldn't do this for longer than two or three days. Oh, no, they do it I, for I've a whole reason. yeah, Yeah. And it's 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. It's just constantly running. Well, yeah, at this part, like, the, the people who are running the
2: thing are like, whoo, we're really tired. I hope y'all are having a good time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, it is a huge endurance thing for them. Um, I'm always a little concerned how, like, how they're doing. Uh, yeah. Like, doing that kind of stuff. Uh yeah uh, but like uh, it's happening here in Bloomington um which is cool I have I always wanted to like, I
1: know I always miss the tickets yeah, I think I we should get a get someone go next time I'm going to
0: put a, a a reminder on my calendar <laughs> yeah. because I had the same thing it's like I would love to just cuz you know you see the at 2am the ballroom is like empty Yeah, and you're like they'll let me in <laughs> <laughs> right right but no they're very regimented about their tickets because it is a very popular event people fly in for it yeah. um but it's I don't know any locals who go.
1: I feel, I still feel like cuz there's some some days where like there're there are less popular games, so people are, like, the, you'll see, like, a few scattered people and then nobody, and it's like, man, if they sold local tickets, let, you'd have to stand at the door and wait till it starts, and yeah. if it was full, you wouldn't get to watch it, but yeah. that would that would work kind of like how GDC passes work when yeah, you have an indie yeah. pass. Mm-hmm.
0: That might work better if Bloomington was a little more centrally located. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, it's already logistically an incredibly complicated event to put on. Oh, so. yeah. Um, I suppose they're not looking for ways to further complicate it.
1: Yeah, I totally understand their reasoning, but Mm -hmm. personally (laughs) I would love to go for like an evening to go see. Right, yeah.
0: Right, because oh, once cool. the schedule is out, yeah, just like these are the things I want to see or whatever. Yeah,
2: like, yeah. The um, other
0: day I watched the the
2: banjo kazooie one, and it was really funny because everybody was just making all the noises. Yeah, they're like whoa and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: really fun. So one of the things that's come up on Twitter and Game Dev Twitter, yeah, is the 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 observation that happens every time, and this game's done quick speed running thing happens twice a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, summer one happens here. The um, winter one happens where? I, I don't know. So uh, happens
1: here. in Maryland or Maine. Or one of those that moved to the. Oh, did it? Okay, somewhere yeah. warm.
0: Um, <laughs> but every time one of these comes up, um, there's uh, the game dev Twitter is always kind of like complaining a little bit, like, "Okay, this is the time of year when a bunch of gamers get together and talk about how poorly developed games are." Oh, and uh, it is sort of interesting to see someone like a, a, a bunch of people playing a game that they have been studying for twenty years, right? Yeah, and and they find the one bug that can skip like half a level yeah. and they're like, yeah, this thing's just a really lazy put together, like uh-huh. it's a bad coding. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're not serious about it. Like right. I, think, I think, I you know, one, they raise millions of dollars for Doctors Without Borders. So like, let them be ignorant. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but also it, it's it is it's different from when uh, you see like on, on Reddit threads and, and on on just gamer Twitter yeah. talking about lazy devs. It's a different strain yeah. of that. Yeah um but is it it is it stings particularly because these are the people who supposedly know these games really well mm-hmm. and should appreciate how few cracks in the armor there are yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so every time they say that even jokingly even even not so seriously like when the, you know with respect mm-hmm. it still stings a little bit sure. yeah
1: well there was the Borderlands 2 speedrun mm-hmm. uh and they actually had some uh like the level designer and a couple other people uh, on the call. so like they had yeah. called I, I in. I love from, it when they do that. Yeah, and it was really cool, but it, there was some really uncomfortable parts where they were like, <laughs> "This is so broken," and they're like, "Yeah, we tested that for like a really long time." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, "Oh, yeah. whoops."
2: <laughs> I feel like they've gotten better than they have in pre- previous yeah. years about saying, "Yeah, kind of yeah," stuff, but. I mean it still happens.
1: Right, it's part of a, it's part of
0: a casual conversation in speedrunning. Yeah. Um, because exploiting bugs is what makes it fun. Mm-hmm. And so cl- obviously they appreciate the existence of, of these little, you know, issues. Yeah. But the way they talk about it sometimes can be a little insensitive in spe- I think it's because a lot of people in speedrunning it's it's a very it's very separated from game dev right. uh, uh, organizations. It's it, it's funny because yeah, it's very separate but also very
2: related because like they have to they have to, like, understand your code without seeing the code. Right. In a way, like, so and it's hard Ultimately, to...
0: they end up thinking they know how games are made. Yeah. And this is not me being, like, you know, like, oh, the, they have no idea. Yeah. But, like, they have a different idea. Right. And I think it's very easy to convince yourself you know how it's put together. Mm-hmm. Because of all the work you did to learn how to play it. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, you I mean, you have special knowledge. It's yeah. not it's just not a, the kind of special knowledge you think I of. I mean, I even... Do that as a game dev, I'll be like, oh, I see how you did that. When I, I
2: have no idea how they actually did that. Yeah, um, and I, I make games for a living, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) even like even this close to it, I, I still have that hard time. So yeah, I, I see it.
1: There was one like a bunch of cool moments though where where they were complaining about something and the and they had a there was a playtester in the group too from Mm. Gearbox and they were like, yeah, we hate that too (laughs) (laughs) because there's one part where you have to follow claptrap and if you like. In the speed run, if you do something wrong, he gets stuck and will like just talk in a place and won't ah. actually do the go past the thing. And they're like, "We yeah. hate him so much." And the playtester was like, "Me too." <laughs> it was kind of funny. That must
2: be why I don't like lap track because I was QA tester. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny.
0: <laughs> One of my favorite categories uh, um, for these are the races. Yeah, and it, yeah. it works best with shorter games. Uh-huh. Um, and I saw a race of uh, the NES Gauntlet. Oh, Which, cool. that was a game I played a lot as yeah. a kid. It was one of the few games I owned, and so uh, the old black tension uh, cartridge. Yeah, um, and seeing people just like one just tear through it mm. is amazing. Yeah, but also the race. That they did this year was like neck and neck. Oh, it was am- and it those was, are the best ones to watch. One of the players got this great exploit, which gave them like infinite keys, mm-hmm. which like really gives you a leg up. Oh. And so they would like uh, bound ahead, and then they would get stymied by some bad RNG, and the other player would catch up mm-hmm. and then be ahead a little bit. And it was like it was like riveting. Like, oh, cool. Yeah, it was really fascinating. That's awesome. And of course, I have not played that game in a long time, and I never, I never beat it. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's
0: hard. Yeah, it's a very hard game. Yeah, yeah.
1: I was watching the. Um, the Dark Souls runs, Mm -hmm. and I don't like that game very much. Uh, I've never played it, but I've watched other people play it, and just like the speed run, they have some glitches that make the damage they do so huge that the game just is so silly looking because they come up to this huge boss that's like, and they go flink, and then they're dead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I watched the, um, there was a series of Punch-Out!, uh, runs. Oh, man. Did you
2: watch the blind one?
0: Yeah. Oh. So first it was Arcade Punch-Out. Yeah. And that was fascinating because I've never seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, they played an emulated version because the original arcade version is on two screens. Oh. And so it's like it, they or not emulated. They played the... Um, Virtual console. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. And that was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, they talked a lot about uh, uh, the history of that series and a lot of the concepts. And it was sort of, it was a fun history lesson. Cool. And then the next one was the same runner. Yeah. Did Punch-Out Wii blindfolded. Oh, man. You saw that.
2: Yeah, it was so intense. And he got, he got, he didn't, he didn't lose any of the matches. I've seen other blind Punch-Out runs mm-hmm. and they like lose them and they expect to because like you're doing it blind. Yeah. And like Punch-Out is known for like it's very dramatic animations and stuff, but not so much for its sound design. Right. They do a decent job of it, but like, yeah.
0: you know you can't get everything. Well, the Wii out. version has lots of audio cues. Yeah. And vibration cues on the controller. That's true. So that was fascinating. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, but uh, the runner, he got through with the whole thing without losing any of the fights. Mm-hmm. Um, And like, it was his fastest time ever. He got it all on stream.
0: Too. He only even got like, uh, knocked down. Like, not knocked out. Yeah. But he only got knocked down like once.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, man. And it he was... kept
0: talking the whole time about how like, we're probably gonna have to go to round two on this one. Yeah. And it was like comical how... How he underestimated his ability to yeah. do it, and it was like a minute shy of his personal best without a blindfold. Yeah, wow, oh man, that was an amazing. <laughs> Which makes sense for a game like Punch Out because yeah. it's very much about memorization. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, it was so fascinating. It was so cool. Yeah, so cool. that one, I, that that's
2: my favorite one so far. Yeah, you know? hands um, So take that one out,
0: <laughs> <laughs> get a chance. It, and I think it really does help when um, the people who run the the games and the people on the couch, uh, as they say, mm-hmm. um, who do the commentary like th- those people being interesting is kind of what matters most. Yeah. yeah. Um. There was um. There was one run that was looking forward to watching mm-hmm. and I did, but the player and the commentator were not that not interesting and it really, really soured it. And, uh. and it was unfortunate because like not everyone has the skills to be like a, a broadcast announcer, right? Yeah. Like, so you can't, you know, it, but it's, it makes you appreciate the people that they pick to do these runs, their ability to not only be good at the game, which is already something you've spent a lot of time, but also to be like, Sociable, personable, interesting, knowing when uh, to talk about the game's history versus its bugs mm-hmm. and like what's fascinating, and like it ends up just being enjoyable on that, and it, it really makes you appreciate the presentation style of a lot of these people yeah. when you see them. Someone who doesn't do it quite as well, yeah. Then um, and, and then there's some people that like have fancier
2: presentations, like during the thing that aren't related to the game. Like uh, there was this one fire emblem thing I was had up while I was working on stuff at work. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did, like, a whole skit. There's like, a whole marriage thing in Fire Emblem. Like, they did a whole skit. There were people doing the voice acting, and it was actually really good voice acting. (laughs) I was impressed. (laughs) Um, It was really funny. (laughs) So, you know, you can entertain your viewers that way, too. Yeah. There's a lot of ways of going about it. Yeah, but it's real cool. I mean, at this point, it's been archived. You can watch all the stuff on Twitch, on their channel. Yeah. And I'm sure they've raised a ton of money. Just a ton of it. Because they already broke their record from last year. Oh, did they? I think so. They got... A million more and more, uh, or sooner than they expected to. So
0: that's good. Yeah. I think it was two million is the, the threshold this time, right? I think that's so. they're, they're around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know yet because it's not over, but, yeah. um, they do seem to make more each time. Yes. So, uh, presumably that continues. That's fantastic. Yeah. I need to donate. I need to remember to do that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, there the news. Uh, Steam sales, uh, uh, that have just been recently happening as of this recording, mm-hmm. and, uh, they have, uh, been
0: causing. Uh, games to get removed from lo- the wish lists, uh, right? Is that yeah? yeah. Um, do either you know how this this uh, game works that they've been doing?
1: Not. I mean, does anyone? It's very confusing. <laughs> it's <always laughs> Basically, you sign cool. up for a team, and then everyone signed up for the Corgi team, because, and of they had a problem with that because then they were like winning the game mm-hmm. too quickly. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the other thing is that the winner each day or something. They pick random people from that team mm-hmm. uh, to get a free game off their wish list, and that's where the problem.
0: It's, yeah, it's a random drawing with some metagame component that I don't totally understand. Yeah, um, but what the they had a miscommunication. They said like, "Oh, uh, your top, uh, you know, wish list game," and so what that if you were randomly selected mm-hmm. then it, when you would do a wish list, and I didn't know this is how a wish list worked. You can rank your wish list on based on which one you wish the most. Yeah, like it was like a Christmas list for Santa or something. I don't <laughs> know. Um, but uh, and if you won, you got the game at the top of your wish list, right? Which makes sense. That's an interesting uh, a prize. Great, good for them. But they communicated in such a way that people thought it was a random game from their wish list. And so what that meant is like, oh man, I have a million of these like cheap indie games in my wish list, and even though I want them really badly, I would rather get a sixty dollar game for free than yeah. a $10 game for free. Yeah. So what ended up happening is a bunch of people started just clearing out their wish lists. Ah. And so you can see uh, game devs posting on Twitter their wish list charts. You can see wish lists over time and you see these enormous drops. And right. this happens during every sale uh, uh, to a degree mm. because people go in and curate their wish list because they get an email that says, hey, something on your wish list is on sale. And are like, oh, I should go and prune the games I never were going to pick up or don't want anymore. Yeah. Um, so there's always a little bit of a dip. Mm-hmm. But this was like a, you know, thousandfold you know, increase uh, in oh, the drops. Wow, and okay. the uh, wish lists are very important for PC developers right. because um, visibility on Steam is very low. And if you capture someone's attention at any time during your pre-release and they click that button, it is a reminder to them to buy your game. And you yep. don't, it's easier to capture them when it's time to f- to ask them for $15. Yeah. And so it's it seems kind of silly because like the customers just choose what to buy when they buy it. Mm. But like, they removing that reminder is a huge disincentive to ever picking up the game even if they did actually want it and so um it
1: also hurts game launches like this was affecting some games that weren't even out yet mm-hmm. uh, and like the amount of wish lists you have when you launch like affects like steam's thing, the up, algorithm for like for, front page stuff. Yeah. yeah. So like these devs who are like, you can't even win my game. It's not even out. Like it's, they would never give that to you. Right. Like it's not gonna, like there's no way that would affect you in any way. Uh, we're just seeing like total, like they're, they have to start over basically on yeah, our stuff.
0: Yeah. So steam tried to make good, uh, valve tried to make good on it. Um, uh, trying to clarify the messaging but also they're they're positioning it more as a, like a, we're sorry gamers for confusing you, uh-huh. and game devs are like ugh, like okay, yeah.
1: right? <laughs> Thanks, Steam. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So yeah, it's uh, Valve doesn't always know the power it has. Um, yeah, which is that key. seems to
1: be the t- trend. Trend.
0: Yeah, it is. they don't know. They what don't the really
1: is. know what any the left hand is doing, right, right. hand is doing. Well, they don't have
0: any managers. They're flat hierarchy. And so, mm-hmm. uh, things like typos and stuff come through all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, stuff like that. And so, they have a couple of good systems that run really well because of the people who add Valve who do them. And there's a bunch of little things on the fringes that are not really looked at very carefully. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, well. Or not analyzed to see what the full effect is. Yeah. You know? I, like, I don't want to characterize them as like, a clown car, but like, sometimes it feels that way.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't know. It's I .io everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. Another uh, news:
2: Doctor Disrespect, this famous streamer, uh, I think plays PUBG and stuff like that, uh, was removed. So this is a,
0: a streamer in yeah. 2019. This is not a 1981 radio personality, like-
2: <laughs> right? Yes. This, yeah, I know. <laughs> looking at him, you'd think that, but um, he uh, streamed himself going. He was. He went into a bathroom and he streamed while he was going into the bathroom uh, this at, was at, at E3. E3 yeah. yes. Um, and he got banned from Twitch as a result of that, but he only was banned for two weeks. Uh, and, and he was banned from E3
0: because he was banned from E3, it right. is against policy to take a video camera into a bathroom. Right. <laughs> and weirdly, he didn't know that. Yeah, uh, he didn't think it through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so
2: it just reminds me of a lot of like things that streamers have done in the past that are Um, disrespectful to say it nicely Uh, (laughs) (laughs) to use a phrase (laughs) yeah Um, and uh, it just reminds me of like how they didn't really get punished for it much I mean certainly Dr. Dr. Disrespect lost a bunch of money because like he wasn't streaming for two weeks Mm -hmm. but like he was still talking about stuff on Twitter and things like that and it didn't seem like he uh, he didn't he didn't seem worried about like his, his standing on Twitch and mm-hmm. literally just two weeks later you know, it got revoked mm-hmm. and
0: now he's back streaming again I don't know anything about this person do you have okay. watched him uh, I haven't. I don't watch him cause just I the name says that is sort of like a shock shock style
1: Yeah, and not really nice games club compatible <laughs> right. yeah that's a good way to uh, put it so I
0: haven't watched uh, a lot of his stuff but I've
2: read like some some articles and things about like sure. things that have happened to him like I think recently he uh there was like gunshots in where while he was streaming and stuff mm-hmm. so he like turned the stream off for a moment to like deal with that. Stuff like that. These kinds of things can happen because like you're streaming in your house or whatever, right? And people see that and I don't know. Um or it could just be random shootings. I don't remember exactly what it was, but mm-hmm. uh he he um has been I think he hasn't been as like uh provocative as other streamers, but like he has been right. in the news sometimes for doing um some some bad so thing.
0: not like an infamous malcontent. Yeah. But m- maybe, you know, part of his appeal. Yeah. Is, you know. And I think part
2: of, like, part of the persona is that, too. Like, he wears yeah. a wig and he has, uh, he looks like, he, he looks like he's wearing, he has the mullet and stuff. He looks like he's in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, like, part of his whole yeah. getup. Um, but, like, yeah. Uh, he seems, like, uh, sort of nice enough of a person, but, like, I don't know. I, I yeah. think that, like, some of this is just, like, you know, they're, cur- they're sort of, like, not startups, but yeah, kind of like startups, where like mm-hmm. they don't know all of the things, they don't know all the policies, they don't know all right. the business practices, the good things that they should do, mm-hmm. and so they kind of feel like they can do whatever they want, and it uh, and they
1: should do things that might not be totally like on the edge of the rules because that will get them more followers. Right. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like those are the kinds of things that I think yeah. that and you know this is it, it's the downside of what is generally a very good thing, which is the sort of like removal of gatekeepers to to this type of uh, audience. So yeah. YouTube and Twitch have done a really good job of like, of of um, d- despite uh, various controversies of allowing marginalized voices to build audiences yeah. I- instead of, you know, someone at a TV network deciding that you can talk to people. Right. right that's great. But the, on the other side of that is like there's a reason gatekeepers work because they can they can have policies and they could tell someone before they take a video camera into the bathroom, hey, we've actually, we actually know you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. And it's not necessarily the responsibility of the wacky personality. to You know, because that's the thing. I, it's, everything I've read about this seems like this was an innocent mistake, just a really dumb mistake. Yeah. It wasn't like he was going in to film people going to the bathroom. Right, no. He just took a camera into the bathroom and be like, "Hey, I'm in a bathroom."
2: He was yeah, he, it
0: seemed to me like he was just streaming and like needed to go to the bathroom, so he was like, yeah, coming here be for funny? a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And and so that, that's I mean, there's something that's a nice relief from the other types of controversy streamers yeah. get into, <laughs> But at the same time, like just the 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 lack of foresight is astounding. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know that there's like a solution other than to further professionalize what really has benefited from being an amateur field, yeah, right mm-hmm. so I don't
2: know. yeah it's, it's it's hopefully a new discussion that people will have, well, not a new one, but yeah. like one um continuing
0: discussion that people well, will have. there's the two week ban from twitch, yeah. it, it sounds like you don't think that was a harsh enough penalty i
2: I, I mean he it was not he was an invasion of privacy is what he did, even yeah. if he didn't intend for that to happen, so I do think that like he should have been punished more for it, yeah, um, and like I do think that a lot of twitch. Especially huge Twitch streamers don't get enough. Uh, they don't get pu- enough punishment when they screw
0: up, right? So right, I, and maybe Twitch doesn't know how much it wants to be the schoolmarm in the situation. Sure, yeah. Like uh, if they're not going to learn uh, after two weeks, is a month going to make any difference? Yeah, you know uh, that's interesting. They'd certainly feel it more in their wallets. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I I
2: just that's I guess where I'm at. But also I don't watch enough. Uh, Especially these kinds of streams to like no. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of an outsider looking in, going, you know what do this thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. Clouds. <laughs> um wear <yeah>. a suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wear suits. <laughs> I've been on stage before and I I haven't worn a suit on stage. Dang it. Gotta wear a suit on stage. <laughs> next next time. Yeah. Next time. Uh this is uh, not exactly news, but there aren't any Twitch channels on Roku anymore and I'm mad. That's
1: I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs>
2: this has been my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> they just, uh, t- uh, Twitch removed uh, channels like a couple of years ago uh, because like Amazon bought them and Amazon has their own streaming things. They moved their app from. Yes. Yeah, they, yeah. Amazon Fire TV is the thing. They moved their app from that and put it on Amazon Fire TV right. or whatever it is now.
0: Roku is um, one of the few like pieces of hardware that is not also tied to a big media content provider. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it, it wanted to be the place where everything could come and yeah. sort of neutral ground. Yeah. But that's less true as time goes on.
2: Yes. Uh, but there was this one channel called Twitch. Do I have to say do because otherwise I won't, you won't hear it. <laughs> um, that, uh, like used to, you know, you can use to watch Twitch Twitch streams. And I was using that. I would like, um, oftentimes like, uh, watch, uh, like smash, players flash tournaments and i was i i wanted to use it to watch like summer games on quick at home mm-hmm. but they uh turned the turn the channel off they took it off of roku mm-hmm. I, i'm not exactly sure on all the details as to why they did that but i'm just frustrated yeah and i wanted to share that on, <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast, i wonder I if
0: that's like the limit their access to their api uh, this is twitter's the seven to twitter where like third-party twitter apps mm. were really popular in the early days of twitter yeah um and twitter positioned itself as a protocol rather than a a, a website an app, right? Sure. And then as time went on, and they're like, no, we'd rather actually just control our service, which mm. makes sense, but yeah. like back then, it wasn't, what all these third-party apps started dropping away, yeah, and and people got very upset about it because they had sort of, they had, this is the way they preferred to use this service. Right, right. Yeah. And so that might be what's happening with Twitch, where they're just like, let's just stop letting other people Use, you know, uh, present our product, yeah. I guess.
2: Well, it would be nice if they put the Twitch app on Roku so then I could use Twitch the way they want to use yeah. it. But like, <laughs> I, I can see where they're and
1: they're just about. losing revenue because mm-hmm. there's all the ads that you would see.
2: Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it was tired of ranting. Uh, and we can talk about uh, Trey Arch, uh, the creators of uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was an article on Kotaku recently about like how they went through a bunch of. Crunch and stuff while they were developing the game because there was a big change in how they wanted the game to uh, work. Um, right, and, and they and with uh, Jason Schreier, who has talked about a lot of these kinds of things, talked about like BioWare and uh, the the work conditions there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, reported on this news and reported on like the conditions of crunch that they had and the conditions specifically like the QA people um, yeah. who were working at Activision uh, or at Treyarch. The con- the working conditions that the QA. Uh, felt um, like a lot of the people were not even allowed to. They felt dis, uh, discouraged to from even communicating from developers uh, to developers and things like that because, uh, I don't know, there was some kind of a
0: company. Uh, uh, Kiway was a, a contracted firm, yeah. I, I believe, and so they were separated um through company culture as well yeah, as yeah. like actual terms mm-hmm. from the developers, and right. so it was harder, I think, to communicate. And there was a lot people who worked in QA would like they would not be at like things like company picnics and stuff. So yeah. like it ended up creating this sort of culture of of separation, yeah. And it ended up being unhealthy and unhappy. Yeah, and it's
2: our it's already bad in uh, in a lot of these companies for QA because like people have a uh, they don't they don't associate good things with QA because they feel like it's not. A job that you know has a lot of talent and is not—you don't need a lot of skills in order to do that. When which is not true, mm-hmm. um, but like people have that feeling on it, and also like QA reports on the bugs and stuff you did wrong. Yeah, so yeah, yeah.
0: That doesn't. Well, people make. get into QA to to get into the games industry, yes. um, much like the way people become production assistants to get into filmmaking. Right. But the job of a production assistant is not has very few uh, overlaps with the job of a filmmaker yeah. other than being on a film set. And so what ends up happening is that a lot of people who are higher up in film mm-hmm. look at production assistants and don't see someone that is any more qualified than someone outside the industry. And that ends up being a lot of tension. Yeah. And that that is frustrating. And QA is the same way where yes. people have this assumption that the work of QA doesn't always... That someone who is not destined to become a good game developer could be good at QA. Yeah. And someone who is... You know uh um you know not great at doing QA could certainly be a game developer like they don't see right. a lot of a, of a direct path yeah, whereas going into QA someone who does that very frequently is someone who wants to work in game development, yes. and so that is always not that's not always recognized yeah. but
2: I mean not just that, but like just being QA is not a bad thing at all period like you' yeah, down
0: on it as, yeah, yeah. And it's
2: it's, huge, it's hugely important um and not just that, but like because of like the crunch that was happening because of Black Ops four and like how they changed gears and stuff and Shifted into a completely different thing than what they wanted to do in the uh, in the in the past. Uh, most of the time, when there's a lot of crunch happening in in these industries and in these companies, uh, game developers feel it, but QA feels it a lot more oh, yeah. because they have to. Whenever QA, uh, whenever game developers make a change, QA has to test that. Yeah. Um. They were talking about in this article. Uh. Uh. Jason Trier was talking about how like they had 24-hour QA people and they just took shifts: 12 hours in the in the morning and 12 hours in the evening, oh, and they God. would just switch between.
0: Yeah um and, and, so, and what's worse content. is like if you're working in QA y- yeah. you are made to feel as if the weight of it is on your shoulders yes. too which is that's that's the most unfair part is yeah. like is given no um authority or responsibility but given all the demands uh, yeah. uh that in order to you know th- that require the game to be out yeah. um it, it ends up being on you and that right. is uh, that is a weird Consequence of the way these things are structured.
2: Yeah, and that's that's not that's not good.
0: Yeah, um, like yeah, you're you're just a cog in this machine. But like you know you, you but you better be perfect, right? <laughs> right, you be you're perfect cog. You know. uh yeah.
2: Well, um, yes. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> respect QA. Sometime, <laughs> yeah. Yes, QA is awesome. Uh, thank you. Uh, Halal and Alex, I don't think y'all listen to me on this on this thing, but they are dookie way for me at work. Yeah. I am so appreciative of them <laughs> for finding all of the bugs, even though I might get frustrated for having to fix the bugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another news, Valve Index is out, and you told me that, Mark, and I was like, what is that? Are you talking about stocks? <laughs> I don't know what that is. We've already talked about this on the I show. I know, I know. <laughs> I guess. But I forgot. Yeah. Um, it is their new VR helmet. Headset uh-huh. thing, <laughs> no helmet. Let's go with helmet. <laughs> helmet, right? Yeah, a helmet. It protects your hand, and also you can play games on it. Uh,
0: <laughs> but it's very powerful, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's, it's just it's Valve's expression of like the highest end of the technology, mm-hmm. and and I we you can go back and listen to a couple episodes ago when we talked about when this was announced. Um, the uh, just uh, Valve's intent of 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 um, taking what HTC did with the Vive and making their version of it, make yeah. true um steam vr headset yeah um and it's 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 out and the reviews are coming in where we're sitting when we record this Mm -hmm. and that the the response has been pretty much what we expected which is this is an incredible experience and it costs too much
1: (laughs) (laughs) and it's hard to set up still and sometimes steam crashes and then what do you do your hands are stuck in this thing and then you have to go to the computer and go so it's really really cool when it works yep is the consensus so far? Okay. So,
0: well, yeah. Are y'all planning on getting it at all? I mean, you said it itself; it's really expensive. Yeah i i I've got all the VR headsets until now. Um i i I don't have the new Oculus headsets, and I don't think I'm getting the Index. Okay. Um, and I'm a little sad about that, Mm. but I don't have a reason to pick it up yet. I'm not actively developing a VR project, and if I was, I've got plenty of headsets to test it on. That's true. (laughs) Uh, That I will need to have compatibility with. So. I don't, there's no need for me, but it kind of bums me out because I do sort of wanted to. You know, when VR first came out, just there was something really fun about opening up a box, testing it out, yeah. trying all the new experiences, yeah. seeing what game developers, what their experiments were, and and that was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but that moment I think has sort of passed for me. Okay, uh, yeah. it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's too expensive. If it were if it were cheaper, then I could I could talk myself into it. Sure. Um, but it's just too expensive for what is essentially a very similar experience to what I can already get. Yeah. That
1: same for humor, uh, yeah. Well, we just don't have enough space oh, right okay. now for to have the setup set up. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so I was thinking of maybe getting one of the quests just because it could be in other spaces besides the one where my rig is, which
0: yeah, is the you problem. Can play in the backyard, or whatever. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we'll be probably waiting on this too, okay, because just because we don't have the current one set up, yeah. so. It's not worth it.
0: Sure. <laughs> well, the jury's out on the nice games club official yeah. consideration <laughs> for the velvet decks, I suppose. And it, I think it's gonna—it's difficult because they introduced these new controllers, which oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a new. There's a lot, a lot of things that developers will need to support. And a lot of really high profile VR games have, have been uh, uh, announcing support for these controllers mm-hmm. and their, their new features. But if you buy them separately for your Vive, which you can do, which is kind of cool, uh, you can do this moduli, it's like almost $300 just for oh. the controllers. Wow. So uh, it, it's $300 for controllers. Well, wow. They're nice controllers. I mean, sure. But, but that, that's, the, that's no. the issue is like, well, then, is there ever going to be enough people that have them for developers to be focusing on this input method? Yeah. I'm a little worried about that.
2: Yeah, I guess Valve would have to, um, uh, not 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 develop them themselves because they don't do that really anymore. But like publish some games for it (laughs) in order for that to be used. Right. right, I mean, there was
1: a there was a a demo uh, Valve put out. I think it was Valve. I mean, it's. Portal Two themed, so yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, similar. When the Vive came out, they had a, a the, the lab. The lab yeah. was a really great showcase for VR, okay. And they did something similar for the Index, okay. Um, when I, I was testing the Index controllers, the the pre release versions a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and they had a a, a a demo thing that they uh, they. Distributed for people to try it, all the new features. Okay, and I didn't think it was that impressive. Ah. Um, but this is a, a consumer experience that ah. apparently has been well received. Okay, um, well, yeah, so they're working on software at Valve. It turns out, <laughs>
1: <laughs> just not exactly what you'd want. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's not coming, y'all. Half
2: Life Three is is dead. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, Nintendo has taken down yet another fan game. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a Super Mario Royale game that came out. It's like Bad Royale, but. Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, I guess you just like run through the level, but there's a hundred people also running through the same level.
0: Yeah, it's kind of incredible to watch. Did either you play it? before? I, I
2: did not get to play it. No.
0: I did, mm-hmm. and it was interesting. Um, it was kind of laggy, which yeah. kind of ruins defeats the purpose of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, that might have been my connection at the time when I okay. when I played it. Okay. Um, but it's really cool. You just run through, it, and as soon as you die, um, then you're out, and yeah. and see how and you see the the sort of like cloud of Mario's all on screen at once. Yeah. And you have to find yourself in that cloud, oh, um, huh, which is actually okay. kind of part of the fun challenge of yeah. it. Um, but uh, you see the cloud thin as you get closer to the end of World 1.1. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. That's fun.
1: That yeah. is a really good idea.
0: Yeah, but it's still up. It just They just changed a bunch of sprites. Yeah, they changed the name to DMCA Royale. Right. Funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> I, that is kind of funny, but it really strikes me as something, uh, this is something Apple used to do all the time. Every time Apple got sued, yeah. they would name uh, some product of theirs in a snide way to comment on the situation, yeah. So they had there's a, a sound effect called Susumi uh-huh. and "sosumi" oh. because it was a, it was it was a part of a dispute, uh, and so like they just had like a weird attitude about it. So every time I see stuff like that, I kind of just like roll my eyes around a ah, little bit. Okay. Like I'm like, just give it a fun name of your own choosing. Don't don't be like anyway. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like Nintendo really they uh, there's an article that was like Nintendo needs to chill, mm. which is a perfect sentiment for this. Like there was it wasn't hurting anybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why you know. But they're very, they're very. uh, We
2: were, yeah, we were just talking about it. They're very strict about like our IP and who can, who can use it and stuff. So, yeah, I suppose they need
0: to protect it in order to protect the brand, I guess. But like, I don't know. They don't have to be as strict about it. But it's, it's also an indictment of the, um, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act because that gives first power to the, the claimant. So it, the, it, this use of Mario yeah. is—it's a transformative work. It's a commentary on the original gameplay. Right. It is—it is undeniably a fair use of the Mario yeah. IP. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there are lots of times when I will side with the copyright holder on principle mm-hmm. because even if it's a, the result is bad, they have the right to decide how their work is being shown. Sure. This is not that. Yeah. This is absolute fair use uh, uh, of the Mario IP, but. Um, they get it, can get it taken down by request. It is then the responsibility of the person who made the transformative work to make the argument th- to that it should be put up. And that is not what it, the, they should not have the burden. Yeah. And so um, Nintendo uses that to its advantage to just sort of like throw all these requests and who wants to fight them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Good luck beating Nintendo. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, g- good luck beating anybody. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not just that Nintendo's, a, you know, to an 800 pound gorilla to yeah. use a phrase. <laughs> um, um, it's that uh, just actually take understanding the law. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know it's fair use. Just because of common sense, perhaps, yeah. but you might not know exactly the legal argument to make, right. and you don't want to hire a lawyer, and you don't want to like, where do I file this? Like, yeah. how do I, you know, do all these things? And you know, there are there are remedies that websites set up for um, for takedowns. Like, if you get something taken down on YouTube, mm-hmm. you go to YouTube to make your your request. Yeah, not always true if it's elsewhere. Yeah, if you like a letter that says <laughs> you got to take this down. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a sorry state of affairs. Yeah, interesting story I read uh-huh. recently is. Um, Nintendo got sued um, by Universal Pictures because Donkey Kong is basically King Kong, let's all be honest. Oh, yeah. yeah, Right? Which is funny uh, Mm -hmm. because, you know, how they are now. Mm -hmm. But um, they won a lawsuit against Universal which tried to get them to stop using that name um, because... It was, there was a mistake in the copyright filing, and therefore it was proven that King Kong was not subject to pro- copyright protection. Oh, it wasn't wow. that Nintendo didn't infringe it, it's just that it didn't matter. Oh. And so the lawyer who, uh, who won that case for them was named Kirby. And that is ah. why Kirby is named that because oh, they, N- Nintendo why. was thankful oh, and named, had, yep. and named their, their character after that. So it's a. I remember that story. It's an interesting history. Yeah, that's, that's fun
2: times. Uh, i just
0: learned this like the other day. So. oh <laughs> <laughs> it's fresh in my mind yeah
2: um and other fun news uh xbox has there's an exploit where you can get uh their new their service that they talked about on uh, on the stage on e3 mm-hmm. uh, uh what is it you get xbox live gold and xbox um game pass game pass. For
0: xbox and game pass for pc yes all um, of that stuff in one package
2: um they've been trying they've been trying to sell it as a package for for $1 at, at right now, currently?
0: Right. So, the way it works is, there right now you can buy Xbox Live Gold. Yes. These names are all ridiculous. Yeah. Xbox Live Gold is the thing that lets you play games online for Xbox, right? You also get the free old games every month, whatever, like PS Plus. No, I, this is not news. Everybody knows this. Yeah. But then, uh, Game Pass is, the, they've had this for a little while, and they've been promoting it heavily, which is, they, people say it's Netflix for games, but that's not the case. Mm-hmm. It's a curated list of 100 games around that cycles in and out. And it's always around that number. So it's yeah. not going to balloon like the Netflix library. Sure. And um, those are games that are available to free, free for people who have the service. And then if you don't have the service, you don't have it anymore. So it's like Netflix in that way. Yeah. Um, and that's been around for a little while. Um, they announced Game Pass for PC, which is a similar, but for PC games. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say, oh, well, we've got these things, these three subscription services. Let's just bundle them. And it's like called like Xbox Live Ultimate or something like that. Yeah. And in order to promote that, they're like, oh, uh, the first month is for a dollar. Mm-hmm. So you know, sign up now. First month a dollar, which sounds a little bit like, mm, okay, yeah, but you're going to set up recurring payments. All those normal things, uh-huh. right? So, but interestingly enough, the way it works on their like the way e-commerce works is that um, if you have like a, a live subscription for like a, like a like a prepaid for like a year or something, yeah, then when you get that that ultimate, well, it includes live. So they need to prorate the the difference. So the way they handle this on their like technical side is they just say, oh, well, you're going to pay for a month. We'll add an extra month to the end of your existing service. We'll convert your live account to an ultimate account and add a month yeah. for a dollar. Wow. Which means all the months you've prepaid, you now get these two extra services for no cost oh. for those those months. So what you can do, and you can still do this, is you can buy up to three, because you can only buy up to three years in advance. After that, you can't buy anymore. Sure. Three years of Xbox Live, which is the cheapest of their services, yeah. then take advantage of the $1 promotion, and you've got three years of these three services for ah. the cost of one yeah. saves you hundreds of dollars, like yeah. hundreds of dollars, yeah. if, you're, if you were going to do this anyway. If you're not going to do this anyway, it actually costs you, you know. Uh-huh. So there's always that to consider. Right. But it's an, it's an astoundingly stupidly good deal. Like, <laughs> yeah. And so people are like, oh, man, we better do this quick before Xbox notices. Mm-hmm. So uh, I saw this uh, the other day on Twitter. X- Xbox is a promoted tweet promoting this service, uh-huh. and they very at the end they're like, "All prepaid months convert." Wink, wink. Like they didn't <laughs> put the wink, wink in there, but yeah. you can you can hear it. Yeah. Right? Um. So they know that this is an exploit, and they're not going to stop it. So so do it now. That's kind of good. But here's the, the, <laughs> uh, as a developer, this is interesting to me. Yeah. I don't have Xbox Live yeah. uh, Gold. Like it's not something I've needed for a while. But I'm curious to do this because the thing with Game Pass is a lot of Game Pass games are day one releases. Oh, right. And I, as a game developer, I, I sometimes like, oh, I really should play an Assassin's Creed on day one just so, like, so I, know, I can learn about, you know, n- be more familiar with games that are out there. Sure. And so I'm kind of tempted because then I'll just have these games in my library I would never have bought otherwise yeah. and actually be able to understand some like new emerging mechanics. And uh, like, so I'm tempted for that reason. Okay. Um, I don't know if that appeal- appeals to either of you. Uh, well, we should have a whole topic on, like,
2: what's, what's the thing, the list of games that you haven't played before?
1: Yes, I want mm-hmm. to talk about that because I'm going through my itch library right now. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Backlogs. Yes. Right. yes, backlogs. I don't have
2: that problem, so. <laughs> I also don't have that problem because, like, I feel like if I buy a game, I'm not going to play it. I'm just, I just accepted that fact. <laughs> it's too late for and you me. just forget about it yeah kind of yeah literally i only have like six games installed on steam and those games i all play when if i stop playing it i uninstall it
0: and then forget i have it yeah so <laughs> i don't know that's just uh, one <laughs> <laughs> that's how i work although i mean maybe you're giving yourself too much credit you're still buying games you don't play yes this is true. <laughs> well
2: that's why i stopped buying bundles and stuff because i was realizing i was buying all these games and i only bought the bundle for one game right so
0: like it's just stopped buying bundles and just bought the game
2: right um so yeah.
0: yeah, there is something. That's the thing about it. That's why I'm, I'm trying to like caveat this. incredible. It's an like, incredibly good deal. Yeah. But if you don't have these services and don't want them, it still costs you a fair amount of right, money. Yeah. You just get way more than you paid for. Yeah. But if you don't want it, then, it's th- not then the deal's not worth it, uh-huh. right? Um, but it, there's a psychological element to it. And I, I'm, I'm falling victim to that for certain. It's like, huh, it's such a good deal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be
0: fair, it is a good deal. So yeah. oh, I get that. But yeah, I was the same
2: way with like play, free PlayStation Plus and yeah. the Xbox Live games. They would give me, you know, they give you free ones. Yeah. I was like, I don't want these. I'm not going to download them just because I have access to them. Yeah. Because I'm not going to play
0: them. I Xbox. do have PlayStation Plus, yeah. And the reason I have that instead of Xbox Live Gold, they both yeah. give you free games each month. Right. The reason I do that is because indie games tend to come to PS Plus more frequently. Yeah, and so I do play those games. Sure. I play about maybe half the games that come out, well, which if, feels worth it to me.
2: Yeah, if you're gonna play the games, then it makes sense. Yeah, I don't know, but my brother was always like, "You know what? I should. You should download this game. It's free." And I'm like, I, "But I'm not gonna play it. <laughs> Why download it?" Yeah, but he's he. I think we just play different things. He he plays a bunch of games all the time. I play like one game, Smash,
0: all the time, and <laughs> so, Skyrim, and Skyrim.
2: I have declined on my skyrim playing yeah i haven't really been playing it that much
0: not you're not going cold turkey you're trying to like wean it off. yeah
2: <laughs> i mean i think it's because smash is out and so i'm just <laughs> switching you <Yeah. laughs> know but that's just me. <laughs> uh mist is being made into a movie martha you said something about this
1: well i mean some company got the rights to make it into a movie whether that's going to happen or not yeah,
0: ah. <laughs> Village Roadshow, which is a real company that makes real, really makes movies. So. Yeah, which <laughs> are, are sounds you sure? <laughs> sounds
1: dubious to me already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's I tough. don't know if I necessarily trust someone with that sort of name to make a good mist <laughs> movie. Yeah. Is, is, it, is the
2: movie going to be in like first person, or how are they going to do this? You
1: know, who knows?
2: <laughs> I'm really curious uh yeah okay so the but they have that they have the potential to make a missed movie yes so they've taken they the rights and they are thinking about it at the very least right
1: yeah and i think what the article i was reading was saying that they're actually gonna work with the with cyan and oh people, so oh that might be That's really cool. cool they're thinking it's gonna be kind of like well the rumors are is that it's gonna be kind of like that netflix interactive blah 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 banders oh, yeah or whatever
0: Wow, that feels like the wrong format for Mist. actually. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, speaking of intellectual property and mm. protecting it, like, mm-hmm. Cyan has built this world of Mist, this it heavily, you know, lots of, lots of lore. Yeah. And so, of course, they're going to be involved. Oh, Like, sure. they would never, I don't think they would, maybe in the 90s when they were, like, you know, just a small company with a huge uh, surprise hit. Yeah. Maybe they were more likely to let some some other Hollywood screenwriter take a crack at it, but I can't imagine that happening these days. It's such a storied and beloved history Within the company, and they're a little more solvent these days than they were, say, a decade ago. So with, they've got new releases that are coming out and doing well. So I think they have the position to say they want a seat at that table. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I don't know that it's going to happen. It's because it just was like a press release. Like they announced that this is a deal. Like, that doesn't mean anything. It's yeah. like it includes films, TV shows, and reality programming. It's like, <laughs> like what? Reality miss, please. <laughs> I, I I assume I assume that means like behind the scenes stuff at Cyan, ah, but yeah. it seems related oh. to Mist, and I'm like they're not making a Mist game right now, so I don't know. Well, oh. maybe
1: they are. Maybe they ah, are. Yeah.
0: And so it seems just like the deal is broad, yeah. right? It's, so these are just the terms of the deal. It doesn't mean anything else is happening. Uh. Um,
1: I could see how they could do some sort of weird. Like Survivor Island, with where they built like, build all these contraptions that they have to figure out, like
0: escape room style. Yeah. you know, I would super watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care that it would dilute the brand. I would super watch yeah, that.
1: Yeah, that sounds actually really cool. Can I make some really cool contraptions? And it would
0: have to be very '90s, like the 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 renderings from Myst. So everything would have to be painted with that sort of spongy pattern yeah. that you see it, uh, in like game shows in the '90s. Yeah. Uh, so it would just be that. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd watch the heck out of that. Yeah. I played. We should before. pitch that. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know that they've thought of this yet. We we need to make it happen. <laughs> I'm on email now. <laughs> um,
2: another movie news, I guess. Mouse Guard, um, uh, the movie was canceled. Um, it was uh, it, it was supposed to be rent, made by Disney or something. I don't know exactly. Well, it. it was Fox. made by
1: Fox, and then Fox. Disney bought Fox, oh, and then so. Disney was like, no. Ah, this isn't going to make us enough money. So, like every corporate merger, projects.
0: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) every corporate merger involves like shedding of of projects under old regimes. And the thing about Hollywood too is Hollywood cycles its executives incredibly fast. Yeah, like you think of these like big powerful companies, like the. the, in Hollywood, weirdly, they, they rotate who's in charge way more than you'd expect. Huh. And so, what ends up happening is, uh, like, once the old regime is gone, and it's, these are the phrases they use, <laughs> yeah. a lot of wow. projects that were signed but aren't in fully production, then either then they get to decide, we st- do I still? Does the new regime care about it? Yeah. And in the case of a corporate merger, it's like that, but heightened. So yeah. tons of Fox properties are getting canceled and thrown off and many we won't even hear about. Mm. But this is one of them and it's really sad because it seemed like a really cool yeah. thing. The property is cool. It would be new to a lot of people but it would, be, it would have the grounding of a, like a, a long running uh, a, a structure that was proven successful and yeah. so that's, yeah it's kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. But the thing that um, we got out of it, at least the news, is the pre-visualization uh, video of yeah. a lot of the test animation they did for it. And that was taken down, but there's still a, a, a GIF floating around on the internet. You can you can see. We'll put a link to one of them in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but Martha, what did you think of that? You're a huge Mouse Guard fan.
1: Yeah, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I'm sad that it's not... I didn't even know it was a thing until it got canceled. And yeah. now I'm like, oh man, really? <laughs> Dang. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Would you rather have not heard it was canceled and then you wouldn't have your heart broken? You just never know it was even up there?
1: I mean, maybe. Yeah. No, I mean, even though it was canceled... Since it's getting, getting news, maybe then Disney will be like, oh, yeah. well, maybe. I mean, that's
2: how Deadpool worked, right? Yeah. So, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Deadpool's is that Fox? It was, yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's very <laughs> possible. <laughs> yeah. That was their plan all along.
0: Well, I mean, it, it is now public, and there's now people reacting to it. So, in five, ten years, when someone pitches it again... Uh, to you know, they'll be like you know, it'll be less of like, oh, explain this thing to me. They'll be like, oh yeah, I remember that at a blip and seen people seemed into that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so th- any little bit of that public awareness probably helps grease the wheels a little the next time someone tries it. Yeah. Um, I have to say about the animation though. Uh, so Martha, you ran a Mouse Guard role playing experience for us here at Glitch during role playing night, mm-hmm. and I, that was my first experience with Mouse Guard, and I love the style of it, and it's it's very Wall like if you're familiar with those books. And the art of it is just, it's charming in a really interesting way. All the, the mice were like these like squat, yeah. charming little, like, were, and the thing I did actually they got
1: was- got little cloaks and stuff. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I actually didn't like the test animation. I saw the whole video before they took it down. Yeah. And it was really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the style of it seemed like humans with mouse ears.
1: Oh, it did. It didn't. I mean, look. It looked. It looked good. I mean, I've only. I by the time I got to it, they'd already taken the video down. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. so I, I've only seen the gif. Yeah, but
0: and I don't. I don't know the series well enough to be. I don't have any. Like, I'm not. I don't have any ownership of its fandom or anything. But I just liked the the style of it as these like little short squat uh, mice. But instead, they look a lot more like like uh, acrobats with giant. Ears and that seemed like that wasn't exactly the style I would have gone for, mm-hmm. but it looks gorgeous and it was made in Unreal Engine. Yeah. So you know to to new. bring it back to game dev. Yeah. Um, it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the movie was going to be made in Unreal, but the uh, the previous and it, the, it looks as good as any Unreal game, mm-hmm. better in fact. Um, but that's is emerging these these game engines that are emerging as tools for filmmakers in a really interesting way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Particularly for like. Uh when you're doing motion tracking like a tracking volume, you can have a live virtual scene so a director can actually see the settings and see the characters moving and it you know it can be kind of crude uh, like any previous visualization, but game engines are are suited to real time visuals that look great. Mm. That is what they're trying to do. Whereas the older tools that Hollywood uses is more about like storyboards that came to life and so more about the technical constraints of like making sure blocking was correct right. and all of that and just get the idea across. Yeah. So uh, these game engines, which can do that, but also look good, at least to, you know, to the naked eye, um, uh, have, have proven really interesting to be brought into that. So I know Unity is trying to do a lot with it, uh, um, making deals with various companies to mm-hmm. actually um, improve the tool. But I, I would be really fascinated to see how this, you know, in a couple of years, there'll be like, there's a button you can click in Unity to, make, to do 2D stuff. Yeah. I wonder if there'll be just a button that'll just it, you know reorganize your workspace for a film workflow. Ah, you know? That I'm, would I'm really be a, That'd
1: be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
2: consoles, Nintendo, Microsoft, Sony, uh are going against the tariffs that are put for China, mm-hmm. in, uh importing uh from China, right? Yeah. Uh and so like, yeah, they they put out a they put out a statement and they're trying to go against this because you know it would cost them money to have to all all consoles, like most game things are made in China. Yeah. Um, and so it will cost them a lot of money to, you know, have a tariff to um, on all of their content um, get shipped here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is
0: part of the current administration's trade war. Yeah. Which I, we don't need to get into the politics of that. I
1: don't want to like, talk about yeah. it.
0: <laughs> um, but um, a lot of industries are kind of just like, like, wait, what? Like yeah. it's it's a very confusing move to a lot of people in these industries. And okay. so... Um, a lot of tech companies are like, "Well, can we move things to Taiwan? How quickly can we do that, yeah. and still, uh, you know?" Make, but the thing, th- this is a joint statement that the three console makers put out, like all three of their general counsels yeah. like signed it, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and, which is kind of incredible, actually, mm-hmm. like, that that level of coordination, yeah, um, to do it. But basically, they in the article, the the letter explains the 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 um, uh, how game consoles are sold in 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 the in the world mm. which is that they're sold essentially at cost. Yeah. And now this is something that is so you take the their, their letter just as read uh-huh. uh their argument is that you know any increase me- will have to be passed on to the customer because otherwise we would just lose money on every one sold right. which is you know that's true sometimes anyway yeah. right? Yeah.
2: Uh, it, like uh, consoles are notoriously expensive and I know that like Nintendo I think Nintendo is like the
0: one that makes them the cheapest, but like all the other consoles, I think they yeah. always they tend to sell them at a loss, and Nintendo has been for a long time is trying to be at a holdout. They're like we want to make at least a little profit on everyone sold, mm-hmm. and so that's one of the reasons why Nintendo consoles are very uh hesitant to do really high powered devices right. because then they would either have to take more of a loss, and that's not something the company generally does yeah. whereas xbox and and sony they're part of their mission uh, that is to try to admit the best technology in their thing so they need to make it viable for them to do that so their whole business plan is revolves around if we're going to sell these things at a loss how do we make that money back right. and so a lot of the moves they make are geared towards that kind of market yeah. and so uh, tariffs on their on their products um, would sort of destroy that business model yeah. and uh, nintendo might not suffer as much but um, that is the statement anyway that they're, they're making now you taking it as red uh, you know how how well could they really really weather those tariffs is is a question i don't know mm-hmm. um but it's uh un, sort of unprecedented coordination amongst them the, yeah. that industry to just say like this is this policy makes no sense yeah you can't even get a game to communicate between all the consoles <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah 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 so this is very impressive
2: yeah uh, yeah uh uh also uh I think this is the last bit of news we have. Uh the Epic Games uh uh CEO uh, was talking about why they decided to push for more exclusives on Epic Store. Right, right. Um uh it's interesting how, how he goes into detail about it. He was specifically saying like this is this move this move is good for uh gamers because um at the very least if like if even if the store does not do particularly well, it will still pressure Steam and other places to like Change their split. Uh, uh, Epic Store has a split where twelve percent of the uh, proceeds go towards Epic, and the the rest of it goes towards the developers. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas Steam has it thirty percent goes to uh, Valve, and the rest goes to developers. So right. like, they're trying to promote a more a larger split towards for the developers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and uh, he went into detail about like why why this decision makes more sense uh, for Epic. Um, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it makes more money for Epic because more people are trying to get out of the store. Yeah. But it's, like, it's
0: an interesting position to take because one it's uh, PR, right? Yeah. Because, um, you know, gamers who, you know, I think we've said on the show before, like don't always know what's going on. Yep. Um, I don't think that's, that, I think that's, I think we're still being nice. When we say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, th- there's a lot of people who are very comfortable with steam. They're mm-hmm. happy with steam. Their steam sale gets them lots of $4 games. They'll, they buy their $50, $60 AAA experiences it's all in one place, it's very convenient to them, they yeah. like it. Yeah. And any any shaking of that boat makes them uncomfortable. And so there's a lot of motivated reasoning to be like, "Oh well, this is, you know, uh this is terrible for for competition and like uh, you know, without uh, the arguments are never I want Steam to be the only per- only company in the marketplace." Yeah, But you know, if you're a gamer, you do kind of want that. Yeah. And like, I don't blame you necessarily. Yeah. But, um, so Epic has to, they've been, there's a lot of backlash from their customers. Right. And so this is very difficult for them because they need those customers. Right. Like (laughs) they actually do need to convince them. And so it's in a position where what they want to say is, 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 (laughs) is to be like, Hey, you know, in order to like wean you off of steam so that you're not just default going there all the time. Yeah. We need to give you some reason to come to us to buy a game that you want, um, and that's how we can then uh, have competition in the marketplace, so that prices can be lower for everybody, and innovation can happen. And yeah, you know, that's a basic capitalist argument, yeah. right? And uh, but gamers don't want to hear that, right? Because like they don't want to hear that, right? Yeah, you I'm know what?
2: Logic and reasoning to make their decisions for them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean that. <laughs> yeah, I mean that
0: competition is messy. Oh well, yeah, right. And, yeah. and and in this case, the the messy part of it is that Epic is saying well, we can't just offer the same games at the same price on our fledgling service, mm-hmm. which does not have as many features as Steam. Mm. Um, at the same price because gamers, what what motivation does gamers have? So we'll make exclusive deals. We'll help fund development of certain games. Mm -hmm. We'll, we'll just basically just pay companies to sell their products on us only. Yeah. And then gamers will have to come to us and then they can decide whether to buy future games or whatever. Like it is definitely, that's just some, uh, that's just a competition practice. Yeah. But gamers on the internet are like, Oh, Epic is making all this money from Fortnite. And so they're just dumping it on these bribes to developers mm. to destroy steam. Yeah. And it's this weird thing of like uh, making Valve into like the little guy. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. I have I mean I have many many feelings on this that are, you know, I mean people on the show have heard me talk about uh, my uh, unhappiness with how steam works yeah uh, for developers yeah but the biggest thing for developers is like that uh, 12% versus 30 like if you're a gamer you're like well that's still most to the developer in both cases Mm. like if you're not selling a million seller game that is a huge deal yeah yeah um, it is it's I mean it's seismic how much of a difference if that is. If you are selling a huge game, it's a huge deal. Well, yeah. But we're yeah. talking about that like that line between solvency yeah. and, and and going and working on, you know, a, a consumer bank software. Like, yeah. you know, like whether you yeah. can actually do this for a living. Uh, you know, as an indie developer, like that makes a difference. Of course, the issue is like if Steam doesn't have a lot of customers, uh, or va- if epic doesn't have a lot of customers, then you know that split isn't worth much, right so you know it's not like a of course, obviously, but if you can sell it in both places, then you know you can and the, you'll get those anyway so it, it, the it is interesting to see gamers just rail against developers who take the bribe, yeah you know and like and that's just so frustrating, but the main thing i've seen a lot of the more of this motivated reasoning is uh, i've seen this happen a lot where if you're if you're Activision you say Call of Duty mm-hmm. and all of your all of the people who are who are your customers They love the people who make the games. Mm -hmm. They don't love Activision, right? Right. Um, Because Activision is just the money people, right? They do the ads, and they're the ones who force you to do microtransactions, and they're an easy villain. Yeah. And they are, in fact, very frequently the villain. Mm. Um, With indie developers, that a lot of them self-published, a lot of indie indie publishers um, are, you know, making it possible for games, those games to be sold. Right. But they get lumped in the same villain argument. So I'm seeing this a lot on on uh, discussion boards and comments. Threads where people are like, "Oh, Epic's going to give more money to the publishers, but you don't think the developers are going to see any of that money?" Uh, and that is their way of being comfortable, being against this. Yeah, by by not coming out against a developer. Yeah, um, but people. But the truth is, they just don't know that it doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's not like your contract with a publisher isn't for ev- you know every time you get these dollars, uh, you decide how many dollars to give me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's not how it works. You have a you have a, a contract with a publisher that is a rev- revenue split, basically for yeah. the most part. Um, and so. Anytime, if a store changes their cut, it doesn't change. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah, it that doesn't change their contract all of a sudden. And that's so obvious to developers. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, the, so to hear people talk about like, oh, you really think that Activision is, you know, or, or, or Devolver is going to give any of that extra money to the developers? Yeah, like, it's
1: like that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: But so one of it is just misinformation. It's mm-hmm. not understanding how these things work, and and the other thing is it's definitely motivated reasoning. Yeah. It's if I can believe that. Then, if I can keep the publisher as the bad guy, Mm -hmm. then I don't have to feel bad about defending Steam's 70 30 cut against developers who are like, please let me do my, like, make money at my job. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's so, it's so bizarre. And so Epic has to come out and say these things Mm -hmm. in a way that tiptoes what they want to say. Yeah. You know, and, and, and not come up with like an economics one oh one lesson. Right, yeah. Which like, isn't gonna appease anybody. Right. Uh, yeah, as soon as I saw like people moving uh Epic buying uh, games
2: I guess and putting them on their store, I was like, This is good because this will no add competition and so Valve can get, you know, get up off their their butts and you yeah. <laughs> get some, fix their things. yeah um but uh yeah i know that like a lot of people are just i think yeah i think a lot of people are frustrated because like they just want all their stuff on steam because it's convenient and yeah. they don't have to move on to a new thing and i understand that because like mm-hmm. i hate it when i had to download a new thing every time i want a new uh i want to try out this new game or whatever yeah so I, I feel i understand that but like at the same time there needs to be competition because it needs so that uh that everybody can you know flourish in this in this industry because it's already very difficult especially now with the amount of games that are released and things like that it's hard to continue to make games at a profit and continue to do that uh um um, and so like more competition more uh something you know anything Mm -hmm. will will, can help with that yeah i think that like epic having that Having those things, having those deals, is good. Yeah. Um. Especially because, like, Epic paying a developer to make a thing is giving the developer money to make a thing. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> so that's we're in, we're in favor of that. Yeah. Being, I, I, being given money to make a thing. That's uh, off. Pop- epic, please.
1: <laughs> I would like more games that are DRM free, so that you don't have to have them on a store.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that would, that would that would be good too. But I mean, I, actually, I'm curious. Um. Does does itch uh, publish games? I think they just store like service the games. They have them on
0: their service. Do they publish yeah. games and stuff too? I don't
2: think. So. I don't
1: think so. Yeah, okay. I think itch it's just like one
0: guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So that's understandable. It's it's a it's a a, a masterpiece of efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, and truthfully, most things on itch are s- Steam keys. That's what yeah. most things are, are sold on itch as. That's things. true of a lot of like Humble Bundle. It's all, Steam keys. all Steam keys. Uh, it's true for a lot of third-party things. And that is one of the ways that Valve maintains its monopoly is by letting other companies sell Steam keys at no cost. Yeah, um, This is also one of the defenses people say that, that, that Valve isn't a monopoly. But I think that people don't understand how monopolies work. Um, basically, if itch can sell Steam keys and Humble can sell Steam keys and they don't have to pay Valve any money, mm-hmm. then why would they not do that? Yeah. And then why would they build their own infrastructure and actually compete on platform features? Right. So they do have a competing store, mm-hmm. right? Um, and a lot of and and it seems weird. Like why would Valve do that? It's because they have the power to do that. Yeah. Um, but they are basically um, funneling people into Steam's ecosystem where they can buy add-on content, go to the marketplace, buy right, more games. Right. And so that makes sense for them. It only makes sense for them because of the size they are. If they were a third or a fourth the size and they had that allowed that to happen, then they, it would be, they'd be exploited by that. Yeah. Uh, they, they would get no money from game sales and they would have to maintain all the back end. And this is what gamers will say because it sounds like that makes sense at any scale. Mm-hmm. But at the scale that Steam works at, that is a monopolistic practice. And so Epic and uh, you know the, the few other stores on PC that don't sell Steam keys Yeah. Um, they have a much greater battle to fight because they're not just competing with the Steam Store; they're competing with the Steam ecosystem. That is that the the ways to get into it are all over the internet. Yep. Um, and yeah, and as a developer, when I, if I want to sell a game on itch, I do kind of just want to sell a Steam key. Like it's it's easier. It's easier. <laughs>
1: like, well, a lot of the games I've been playing are, are not Steam keys. Mm-hmm. Like you want, like you can. Most of them are like you get these. These you know .dot exe files. Yeah, yeah. So
0: well, and a lot of times, if especially if you're making a Unity game, you can I don't even think you can use Steam's DRM with Unity. Uh, like it's it's hard to implement. Yeah. Um, yes, yes. So uh, you can, but yeah. it's, it's not default. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, it really just is about like chat feasters, achievements, all this stuff that the platform offers. That's what makes it easier for people. And if you sell a game and you don't sell a Steam key, then like people like Martha are going to be like, "Yes, please." because like, I don't need steam in my life, right. like, like controlling everything. But not everyone's like Martha, right? Some, that will demotivate certain people, right. and that's frustrating. So as a developer, you do feel like you have no choice. You do want to offer multiple options, and that's a little easier than it used to be. Yeah. Um, and developers should mul- do multiple options. If they can. Even, yeah, and that's the thing, if they can. Yeah. Sometimes they don't have the development resources to do that. They have to go to where the people are. Right. And with Epic's just trying to make somewhere else to go. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of a good thing. Yep yep you know and it's all on pc anyway like it's not even exclusive <laughs> it yeah it still works
4: on your computer
0: <laughs> I, I don't know i feel like that needs to be said every time ah uh, that is all the news there is nothing else that has happened no not a thing not a thing <laughs> <laughs> all right well in that case that is our show if you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app. And be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or a nice like us. We need to know you're out there, so leave a review and tell all your friends, too. We also want to hear directly from you, so follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club, where my lovely wife, Dale, handles uh, all the retweets and replies. Mm-hmm. So give her a holler. And you can email us at contact at NiceGames.Club. You can also give us feedback on the feedback form. Uh, where can they find that, guys? Uh, NiceGames.Club slash feedback. That's right. Um, we've got a couple recently, but they uh, we could always use more. yeah, so let us know uh, what we should do with this program. yes <laughs> <Tell> <laughs> we, um, we do want topic suggestions too, right?
1: Yes, and some people have given us those. So thank mm-hmm. you so much. Uh-huh. yeah really appreciate it
0: because you know we can't have all the ideas on this program
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, we want to give you the content you want to hear yes. <laughs> yes,
0: that's the spin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, if you've got something you want to hear our take on, or you want something that you want us to do a little research on, let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice host as we'll get all the links and notes from this and other episodes at NiceGames.club. And so, until we start again, remember to play nice
1: and make nice.